This is Dr. Kara Shepard, and you're listening to Goat Talk with the Goat Doc. Thanks for listening to Goat Talk with the Goat Doc. I think maybe episode 15. I didn't even look before I started recording, and I hope everything's going to sound okay because I'm on the tail end of a cold, and I'm in the truck, and it's raining. But this episode is going to be Tales from the Road, Volume 2. This episode is not maybe so much medicine and veterinary oriented as previous tales from the road but it's something that I just felt like I should record for like maybe someday if I write a memoir or something like that this is a story that will be told probably multiple times at family gatherings or whatever etc and someday we'll probably look back on it and laugh um but for the moment, it's I'm just like glad it's over. <clears throat> uh, thanks everybody for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast, please take a moment and rate and review in Apple Podcasts or on iTunes. And as always, you can email me with questions, comments, suggestions for topics at goatdoccara at gmail.com. It's G O A T D O C C A R A at gmail.com. And uh, the website is goatdoc.com, and you can find me on Instagram at goat underscore doc. I apologize for not getting an episode out for, I think it's been at least a couple weeks, but it is just, life has just been totally crazy and slammed. Um, I've been covering some shifts at the small animal clinic that I work at while the owners were away, and that certainly... Uh, was busy combined with all the other stuff. Um, <clears throat> so my, my story from Tales from the Road has a little bit to do with, I mentioned in a previous episode that we're cutting down our herd size a little bit. We sold 15 does to a couple in western Pennsylvania uh, and I delivered them this past weekend and that is what the Tales from the Road is. So yeah, I guess I can talk a little bit about like the the medicine aspect of it. I mentioned that they were going to, these does were going to be part of a uh, a reproductive oriented practice. Uh, I met the wife of the the veterinarian owner there. Uh, She was very nice and very helpful. But they're having um, clients who are interested in cloning and IVF, and they apparently have a pretty good demand for it, which is interesting to me. I guess there is a lot of boar goat uh, showing and breeding and activity in their area, and uh, some of the semen for boar goats, like the frozen semen, like the old dead guys, is very rare and hard to come by, so people want to do whatever they can to ensure they get a viable offspring from 
that uh, straw. And I guess like people have spent like crazy money on these straws, and then you've got this half cc straw of semen, and if you're going to get better odds of offspring from IVF and ET versus like a transcervical AI, then that is a good reason to do those things. And that was interesting for me because I mentioned in the AI episode, like I don't do a lot of ET or um, I haven't ever done any IVF, uh, just I don't have the facilities for it. But it's cool that there's, there's a good reason to do it. If you've got very limited genetics and you want to maximize what you're going to get out of it. Uh, so I guess the Bordeaux's tend to not be great recipients for embryos, and the IVF embryos are very fragile, and the, hopefully some of my girls will they'll get some of the embryos to stick and have a good group of nice healthy animals to put those em- em- potentially expensive embryos in. It was interesting talking to the the woman, the wife of the vet, um, who she, she's very involved with all the stuff. She's very knowledgeable. I'm not sure if she's a technician or just she's been totally invested and in, into everything that they're doing there. And she said it's very difficult to find a large group of animals that are healthy. So I was, I was happy to happy to help them out. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so we've been planning this for several weeks now and I like I said I've been covering some shifts in the small animal clinic so it's been I haven't had time to turn around basically my husband last all last week was working on getting our trailer like all up to snuff and rewired the brakes and put all new lights in and basically all that's left to do to the trailer now is make it look pretty because everything mechanical we bought all new wheels and tires and everything was was good to go there um we've got a truck that we've had for about a year and a half ish now that we bought and we're like great it's a nice new truck it's solid it's from the south it's not all rusted out this we weren't worried at all about the truck and I've been planning to leave early Sunday morning because that was like the first two days in a row I'd have back. is about a 12-hour drive from Maine to Pennsylvania. And, uh, you know, got on the road about 6.15 a.m. on Sunday. Picked up a friend of mine who's a vet student in Massachusetts so as a traveling companion, and thank God I did. <laughs> and... Uh, we hit the road and the drive down was pretty uneventful it was a pretty warm day so i was a little bit worried about the does but they handled it pretty well um like i said it was a 12-hour drive so we're driving along no issues at one point somewhere in the middle of pennsylvania the truck made a kind of whirring squeaking noise that sounded like a belt noise um I have very limited knowledge of trucks and vehicle stuff. I know just enough to ask my husband, who's a who's a mechanic and very uh, knowledgeable and can fix just about anything mechanical. I've said uh, a couple times over the past weekend that he and I are kind of a balance for vet stuff and mechanic stuff. So I... He knows just enough to know when there's a problem 
with an animal and have some some idea what to do with it. Actually, he probably knows more about animals than I do about vehicles. But um, I ask him what to do with a mechanical problem, and then I do what he tells me to do. And he asks me what to do with an animal problem, and then he does what I tell him to do. We both, it's, it's fun to talk with him about that stuff because the whole mentality of diagnosing a problem in a vehicle is very similar to diagnosing a problem in an animal. So that, like I said, there's that like kind of whistling, whirring, kind of squeaky belt noise in the middle of Pennsylvania and then it went away. So I was like, well, that's kind of weird, but I didn't get too excited about it. And then we got to probably about... 20 or 30 miles from our destination and the squeaky noise came back again and it was more persistent and it was persistent enough to get me to pull over on the side of the highway I think it was like 76 or something like interstate 76 maybe I I don't remember but whatever the highway the interstate highway is it's going across Pennsylvania and uh, I pulled over, and as soon as I pulled over, it stopped. So I was like, okay, well, the engine's idling, and that sounds fine. I popped the hood. I looked under the hood. Nothing's leaking except, like, water from the air conditioner, so that's normal. I didn't see anything crazy happening. The temperature on the engine gauge is fine. The oil pressure was fine. I don't remember what else is in there for gauges. Um, but everything in, in the cab and the dash was normal. So, got I took a I texted Devin and said it sounds like a belt or something, and uh, he said keep going you're almost there hopefully you make it. So we kept going and the the noise kind of went away, kind of came back and then we got off the highway and as we were pulling up to the toll booth spot it came back with a vengeance. So now it sounds like grinding terribleness and uh, like like bad. And then, you know, you're getting off the highway and there's like the concrete barriers. So when I rolled down the window, I could hear the, um, the echo, like the, the sound reflecting off the barriers. So it made it sound even worse. And I'm like freaking out. And we've got about six or seven miles to go from the exit off the highway to the place where we're taking the goats. And my blood pressure is just through the roof. I've got a trailer full of goats. I've got goats, five goats in the bed of the truck under the cab. And uh, nine goats in the trailer. And just like, please just make it to where these goats need to be. Uh, we're driving along. We go another few miles. I pulled over again. I'm like, I don't see anything leaking. I'm freaking out. I took a video of the noise and sent it to Devin. And uh, just like totally stressed out. And then we pulled into the pulled into the farm. And we made it with the goats. Thank God. So could have been a lot worse, I guess, this whole situation with the, with the truck. We made it to the destination. We weren't stuck on the side of the highway with a trailer full of goats and a blown up truck. We unloaded the goats. We had a nice like tour around of their facility and talked about what they were doing and what different species of animals they're doing reproductive work with. And that was all super cool. They got a nice little setup there. 
and uh, it's really cool and exciting that they have a market for these reproductive technologies, the cloning and the IVF and the ET, and they've got a nice little haul in so people can bring the animals to them. Uh, so it's pretty cool and exciting. Um, yeah, so unloaded the goats, said see you later does, and uh, got back in the truck, and I got, oh, and, we, you know, we, there's a number of people there, everybody is, like, looking at the truck, trying to figure out what's going on, I turned it on, at idle, like I said, it sounds fine, it's only when the truck is moving that there's a problem, <clears throat> it's about 7 or 8 o'clock, maybe, at this point, and uh, I, we're going to stay at a hotel, so... Unfortunately, the, the owner of the place, she's like, well, I have a really good diesel mechanic. She drives a diesel, too. She's like, I got a really good diesel mechanic. I'm going to text him. He can look at your truck, see if he can look at your truck tomorrow. I said, okay, we'll go to the hotel. We'll get the truck over there in the morning. Got back in the, I took the trailer off, left the trailer over at her place. Got back in the truck pulled out onto the road and like not even a hundred yards down the road the truck is making terrible grinding awful noises and I'm like okay we're not even going to the hotel we're just gonna leave the truck at the mechanic which is like three miles away and uh, he can just look at it in the morning and we can figure it out so that's what I did and I texted the very nice woman who came and picked us up at his place and took us to the hotel and uh, talked with the mechanic briefly when I dropped off the truck, left it there. Uh, meanwhile, I had sent Devin a video of all the noise that it was making and described what was going on, and he gets back to me after we're in her truck, and he tells me what it is. And Oh, and the new thing was that the... The service, the four-wheel drive, once I turned the truck back on to leave the farm, the service four-wheel drive alert was coming up and the, the light on the switch for the four-wheel drive was not showing anything. Like, it's like supposed to be like an indicator light for two-wheel drive and four, four high and four low, and it just wasn't lit up at all. So something with the four-wheel drive was messed up. And I told Devin that, and he talked with his friend up here who he used to work with, who's a very good mechanic, and they're like, okay, right, so it's the transfer case. And I didn't know what that was until Sunday night, and apparently the transfer case is the thing that engages the four-wheel drive. So, okay, well, we don't need four-wheel drive to get back to Maine. And uh, I got a call. We got to the hotel. We're exhausted. I'm fighting a cold, like you can probably hear still, it's on the and the downward slope of the cold. Um, got to the hotel, ordered Pizza Hut, <laughs> which I hadn't eaten in like probably 10 or 15 years, and uh, kind of just crashed for the night. Got a call in the morning, I don't remember, 8.30 maybe. 8 or 8.30, and the mechanic's like, right, it's a transfer case. So I was like, okay, well, that's what my husband said. And uh, what's the what's the deal? And Because Devin had said with the transfer case, he was like, have him open it up, shake out all the broken pieces, and fill it with oil, close it, uh, close it back up, fill it with oil, hook it up, and go. 
That's what both my husband and his mechanic friend, who, like I said, full-time mechanic, knows what he's talking about. That's, that's what they said to do. And the mechanic in Pennsylvania was not excited about that option. He's like, well, you know, if you do that, you're on the highway, you're hauling a trailer, blah, blah, blah. The next thing to go, if the transfer case is going to go, is the drive shaft, and then you're stuck on the side of the highway with no power to your truck. You can't get anywhere. You're going to need a tow, etc., etc. So I'm not really excited about either of these prospects. He's like, I'll call around and see if I can find a transfer case. So he calls around finds a transfer case he's like oh it's you know it's a used one but it's functional it's guaranteed for this many miles and it's a three-hour job i'll start taking yours out they'll start taking that one out and then hopefully you know early afternoon you're on the road like okay well that's doable it's a 12-hour drive if we get it done it's like nine o'clock at that point if we get on the road by like two i'm totally okay with that i can push through get home real late go to work the next day no problem So we're basically like hanging out in the hotel room, waiting for someone to tell us what's going on. And uh, waiting in the hotel room. I had to get out of the hotel room by 1 o'clock. He's like, call me at noon-ish. So I called him at like 12.15. I'm like, what's going on? They haven't gotten the replacement transfer case yet by noon. And I'm like, okay, well, this obviously isn't going to happen. We check out of the hotel room. We, like, hanging around in the lobby, blah, blah, blah. Like, (laughs) thank thank you, Hampton Inn, Somerset, Pennsylvania, for putting up with us, like, hanging out in the lobby and watching Halloween Food Network shows nonstop for, like, four hours, maybe more. Um, waiting, waiting. I get a call at 5.30 p.m. from the mechanic. He's like, well, the transfer case is here, and it's the wrong one. I'm like, great. So he's like, I found another one. And this this transfer case, the first one, was going to be like $900, then plus his time and labor to put it in. Mm. So we're looking at like a $1,500 repair Uh, total the which you know kind of sucks but you know it wasn't the end of the world it needs to be fixed we need the truck to run and it'd be nicer to be driving safely back to Maine for Pennsylvania than not so he's like oh, I found another one found the right one it's going to be the, tr- the case itself is going to be like 1200 bucks and you're not going to get out of here till tomorrow afternoon I'm like are you freaking kidding me like I've already like spent the whole day sitting there waiting and now it's not even the right thing and I'm like you're going to scrape all the gro- broken pieces out of the inside of that thing and fill it with oil and we are going so annoyed I wasted my whole day w- waiting for this thing and now I get to drive through the night 12 hour drive with a questionable vehicle at least the trailer and a trailer which at least is empty of goats so we get it in the truck it still is making a funny noise probably like I don't know like 70% improved from when I dropped it off though without all the junk scraping around on the inside of the thing 
and like I said, thank God my friend was with me to help with the driving. Um, we got in the truck and we just drove. I listened to a lot of a lot of podcasts and. Uh, I drove from Western Pennsylvania to Southern Connecticut. We pulled over. It was probably like 1 a.m. by that time. She drove for a few hours until we got to Massachusetts to her place. Dropped her off. I got back in. Drove the last two hours home. And uh, it was a little scary. The last probably 45 minutes or so, I was singing Disney songs on my on the radio on my through Spotify to keep myself awake but long story short we made it um without blowing up the goats made it to where they needed to be and it was it's it's done we just gotta fix the truck now uh Devin looked at the the transfer case when you know the next day and he was like well it's a good thing that you didn't have much farther to go because all the there's another seal on the back of the transfer case I guess that goes to like the drive shaft maybe is what he said and uh, he's like that seal really commonly goes and now that it had been all like messed around with and put back together he didn't put a new seal on there the mechanic so all the oil had leaked out of there and everything was dry again um, And if that had gone much further, it probably would have, the drive shaft would have gone and then I would have been trapped. So while it was a super stressful experience and uh, I don't look forward to anything like that ever happening again, could have been worse. Everyone lived and uh, yeah, that's my story. I'm pulling in because I'm getting my hair cut, and uh, like I said, not too much vet med involved with this Tales from the Road episode, but just for posterity's sake, I've got it recorded now. We'll talk to you guys next time.